We shall go on to the end. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 45 of The Art of Surrender. Uh, this is the first episode based out of my new location in Sydney. And this evening, I'm joined by the one and only Aaron Morelli to help me with the MMA-focused episodes. Aaron, what's going on, mate? How are you? I'm better now that you're you're back home. Uh, well, back in Sydney, home is Perth. Let's, let's get that right. I know. Sorry. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> back at higher jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel good. I feel good about that. I was going to say, it's funny, we've been talking when I moved over, when I, well, when I move over in the past, we're going to get together and do them. But here we are. I've been here for almost two weeks and we're still doing it on Zoom. Why is that, mate? Why are we on Zoom? You tell me. Well, I think, you know, the next one we will, we will organise a bit better. But I think for people that don't know, we, I live out in, uh, in the Shire, which is away from the city a little bit. And Brad lives pretty much right in the city so it's not i wouldn't say it's the easiest to get to each other so next one we'll organize a bit better and we'll be yeah. sweet we'll be next to each other and that's for sure and and in your defense my friend um it was like a last minute call up really like i think obviously i just moved over i started the new job uh working at salesforce for anyone who's wondering so if you want to buy some software give me a call <laughs> And uh, yeah, so last minute call up didn't have you obviously busy with your work as well, so it was just unable to happen. But it's I'm looking forward to doing one in person when it comes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. We good. It'll be interesting because usually, so we do the pay per view events, right? So, so the so for people listening today, we're going to talk about we're going to chat about the eternal. 60 that happened on the weekend in Perth here because there were some massive fights there and that's something that I want to touch on. I've told Aaron, I've given him my Fight Pass login, sent him to Fight Pass and given him some homework to do. So he's watched the co-main and the main and we're going to have a chat about that. And then we will do touch on UFC 262 Oliveira Chandler because it's relevant leading up to the McGregor Poirier card, which we will briefly touch on as well. And of course, this weekend, Arasanya versus Vittori, which is going to be the main, I guess, the main breakdown that we do tonight and um, which will lead us up to UFC 264, which as we're saying, we're going to be doing that one face to face. So that's going to be a good one to break down when it gets to it. Yeah, yeah, that, that one. That one, would, you definitely need to be uh, in person for that one. Yeah, and of course, the MMA news, Ratwani is on it and he knows what's going on, so we'll be talking about that as well. Um, I did want to say, uh, Sydney, man, it has been it has been good jumping back on the mats at higher. I'm, I think I'm, what am I, six weeks out of neck surgery, so if I had a artificial disc replacement in my neck. Um, I spent about five or six months off the mats before I moved over here. Um, due to a herniated disc and just chronic pain and it just had to happen. It was not going to stop. So, yes, neck surgery, artificial disc in my neck. So I'm like semi-bionic at the moment. Well, actually forever. And, um, yeah, first time I've rolled in like five or six months, man. And it's been like real playful, but it's it's been good to just just to be on the mat and do jujitsu, man, put on a belt and a gi and just be around friends. It's been good. Yeah, man, it's good. It's good to have you back. And you know, with the injury, I think you know, in no 
better place to train while recovering. And I just everyone's super, super respectful. Um, yeah, so it's good to have you back, and can't wait till you're you're fully healthy again, and uh, we can all go at it again. All the just grab all, grab you by the neck and twist twist it the other way yeah. around again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. That's it. It's good. It's good to have you back back on the mats. Thank you, man. I had that um, very, very warm reception. It felt it felt good to be back, man. Like I knew coming on the mats, like I knew I was loved there. But jumping on the mats and everyone, yeah, it's a lot of new faces and stuff. But a lot of love coming from the people that like I'm close to, which obviously feels good. And the feelings are always reciprocated from me. That's for sure. Um, yeah, there's a lot of new uh, new faces there now. Um, yeah, since, since I think you are uh, you were last there. There's more people that I don't know than people that I do know. But the people that I do know, yeah. like I would say, ninety eight percent of them still train. But it, the 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 drop off rate has been like basically zero. There's been a couple of people. That's it. Uh, mate, so, once you once you come, you're uh, and you jump on those mats, you you're stuck. You'll never leave. <laughs> You'll get addicted. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, so let's let's keep moving on, man. Um, I did want to say, well, we'll do Eternal 60, but I also wanted to say our boy Josh Kulabau fought the other week, had his first win in the UFC, looked good doing it, won a decision, and now uh, officially no one can ever take this away from him in his lifetime. He is a UFC winner, and that's something to um, – be proud of and further to that he also got out of um, quarantine i think it was was it yesterday or this morning so yeah. I, i'd Im- i'd imagine he'd be he'd be drinking a lot of piss at the moment <laughs> hanging out with his friends catching up with his girlfriend so good on him and i'm looking forward to chatting to him again soon there's a big uh, big win for him you know i think we were talking before when we mentioned about him previously that you know a loss a draw and a loss doesn't fly so he was under a lot of pressure he probably felt it and he came out and he got the job. He's not only a UFC fighter, he's a UFC fight winner. So, um, yeah, it's, hopefully it's the start of a, a journey to championship just like uh, and just like Whitaker and, you know, Adesanya from New Zealand. So, um, onwards and upwards. Volkanovski too, of course. But, yeah, so looking forward oh, yeah, to the Volkanovski. next one. Yep. Um, so, Eternal 60. I So we had on the weekend in Perth, we're not going to break down the whole card. It was actually a great card. I'm really, really impressed with the way that Ben Vickers operates the promotion. The production quality, I think, is great. They put on good fights as well. Um, I'll give a little shout out to Lawrence Whitesmith, who is one of the young guys from Scrappy MMA, and he had a unanimous unanimous decision win as the first fight on the prelims. He's one of their young and -and up-and-coming guys, and I think in the future, um, I hope to get him on the podcast. Um, he's, he's quite young though. So he's like got a lot of potential. I saw him in the gym training. I went there, I think rolled with Jack before one of the podcasts and he was preparing for his first, uh, amateur fight. And he was in there against Jack Becker, who is training partners for Rod Costa that you saw in the, uh, in the co-main event there Yeah, and all the scrappy MMA boys. So a lot of potential coming out of that gym. Uh, seems like they're all connected and have finding a lot of success. So shout out to him. But yeah, co-main event, Rod Costa versus Justin Van Heerden. TKO in the first round. Uh, Rod Costa victorious. What did you think, mate? Yeah, just uh, I 
obviously I watched these fights and didn't know much about them, so didn't know what to expect going in. Um, but first off, yeah, as you said, I was impressed with the uh, production quality of it because sometimes these, you know, smaller events, the production quality isn't there and, you know, very professional. So all those guys you shouted out, you know, big shout out to them. I was definitely super impressed. Um, but, yeah, in terms of Rod Costa, I thought watching that fight, he just he picked, picked away at him. Um, ben Heaton, every time Van Heaton came in, he was throwing some loopy shots and towards the end almost seemed like he was a bit frustrated or just trying to get in there and Rod Costa had a beautiful counter every time. He, he dropped him a few times actually or rocked him and then, you know, towards the end of the round, Right on time, yeah, got the job done. I thought it was beautiful display of uh, of counter-striking. From my knowledge, he's more of a jiu-jitsu specialist, isn't he? Mate, he's like a world champion jiu-jitsu. If you, I watched his yeah. fight before that, man, and he just like spread the guy out on the mat, beat the fuck out of him. Like his jiu-jitsu is next level. And it's funny because leading into that fight, the expectation would have been that he was going to take the guy down and win and just try and use jujitsu, but he didn't use any jujitsu. He just, just like, I think he's really um, bringing his game together now with the striking and the grappling. And he's looking like he's got a lot of potential. He called for a title shot as well. And I'd imagine that's probably what's next. So a lot of, a lot of potential for him in the future. That's for sure. Yeah. I think that um, with those guys and, and, what will make, you know, these, you know, young up-and-comers that I can see, in, especially in the UFC, if you've got a wrestling jiu-jitsu background and you've got really good striking, you know, that constant threat of you can take it to the ground and finish it really helps your striking because you keep the opponent in two minds, um, which I think, you know, and you could see it even in that fight. I'm sure Ben Huden was thinking about it and, um, yeah, solid all-around uh all-round package there is definitely in striking and, and his jiu-jitsu. There you go. And so the main event, uh, we had Cody Haddon versus Stephen Urseg. So it, it was fought at bantamweight. And in, and in case you didn't know, Stephen Urseg is the flyweight champion, right, of Eternal. And yep. I think I think a week or so out from the event, the flyweight title, he was supposed to defend the flyweight title, but then I think the other guy pulled out. I can't even remember exactly what happened, but Cody Haddon said, look, on, on a week or two's notice that he would take the fight and he was up and coming pro 2-0, hadn't lost hadn't lost a fight. He'd finished everyone. I think as an amateur, he was 5-0 and or something like that and had finished everyone as well. So he's a massive prospect coming out of Perth, probably like one of the most promising fighters Perth has. Other than other than maybe Jack Della, who has just been announced of having a Dana White's Contender Series fight coming up in September, so yeah. massive, massive young potent, young guy with upcoming potential, took the fight on short notice. Um, Ersteg went up to bantamweight just to have just to have a fight, basically. And um, yeah. mate, what did you think of that fight? <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. They all these two, like if, especially being on fight paths. I don't think these two. Will- have an issue if they keep fighting like that, getting on a Dana White's contender series at one point because that's that's the thing. It's not just, you know, what, there's one obviously option is you just win all the time and and, that, and you're dominant and that's how you get to the UFC. But the other option is just fantastic fights, you know. That fight was up, on up down. There was just so it was action, fast-paced, and, you know, it was entertaining. And, and that's, that's all you can ask for. I thought it was, you know, um, very technical. I just thought 
the takedowns, you know, Ursic, some some of his takedowns were um were sort of amazing, you know, lots of different variety there. Um so yeah, all around I thought it was just a super entertaining fight. I, I actually when I was watching it, I thought, am I gonna um I just got through sort of invested and it was great. So you, you had no idea who won the fight, right? Toward like when I was watching? When you were watching, you was you didn't know what the result was, did you? No, no. Yeah, I didn't check because, like I said, it's it was interesting because I don't know much, obviously, about eternal MMA, and I'll definitely probably watch more of it now. Um, so yeah, I didn't know what to expect. So I was pleasantly surprised with the uh, with that fight. That was yeah, like definitely I, high level entertainment. Oh, man. <laughs> For, for it, dude, it was, it is like without a doubt, it's one of the best fights I've ever seen. Like, full stop yeah. in any one of the best fights I've ever seen. But in terms of like regional uh, MMA promotions, fucking by far the the most the best fight I've ever seen. Like, it's it, it belonged in the UFC, man. Something like at that level and that sort of action, you'd want to see a million people watch that. So I'm ex- I was excited, man, and I'll be honest. I, yeah, I, was, I, was I think super... the other thing is sorry, I think I had a little lag there. Go ahead, Aaron. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, shout out to both of them for, for taking the fight. You said it was on short notice and um, you know, it wasn't they weren't even it wasn't like they put them together, they just came together and it all came out, came out well. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And neither neither one of them wanted to give up, you know, the whole way through. It was, um, I, I'll be honest, I was supporting Cody Haddon. I, like, I'm a, I'm a fan of his. I want to see him succeed. I didn't really know much about Urseg. Like, he he definitely put his name in my mind, winning, like, fighting like that, and I'll follow him from now on. But I was, I'll be honest, I was supporting Haddon. I was a little bit disappointed to see him lose, but I don't think win or lose, either of them really lost anything. You know, like I think that's probably in the scheme of things, it's going to be an awesome learning opportunity for Cody because he's so young, man. Better to take better to take a loss like yeah. that where your stock, stock goes up than to like get knocked out or something. And especially a loss like that at a young age where you're like really in the mix and it was an extremely close fight. And in the end, I think it was the takedown at the end of the third round that basically won Ursek the fight because it was one apiece. The third round was quite close. He secured the takedown, held him down for about 40 seconds to secure the round. So like really it was there was a takedown in it and that was it. Better to take the loss early and learn from it and, and keep going. But there's, as you said, there's no losers in a fight like that. Uh, entertainment is is everything. Um, it's not everything, but it is a lot when it comes to comes to sport because ent- it is entertainment and people want good fights. You'll, you'll see in the UFC there's plenty of fighters that get cut after multiple wins because they're just boring um, and they're not bringing the dollars in. So there's definitely no shame in... in uh, in that loss, and it's definitely not going to hurt him in any way, shape, or form. That's for sure. Yeah, he's got a yeah. new fan. <laughs> yeah, there you go, mate. Jump on Instagram, Cody had an MMA. I think it is. <laughs> I will follow him right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it is. There you go, Cody. You're getting some. Yeah, Cody had an MMA, and uh, Stephen Urseg as well. What's his? Got to follow Rod Costa too. Yeah, he's his Urseg Stephen with a PH. Stephen. Yep. Stephen. <laughs> I've got them both. And Rod Costa is uh, Rodrigo Costa, BJJ. 
Yep, got them all. There we go. I'll, I will uh, be following them from now on. There you go, boys. We're bringing the bringing the Sydney boys over to Perth to, for the support now, and so it, it doesn't just go one way; it goes the other way as well. And next time, Eternal has a fight card on, or organise some beers with the boys and put it on a big screen or something and watch it. Sounds good. Yeah, there we go. Alrighty, let's keep moving on. Uh, UFC two six two. Let's touch on Oliveira versus Chandler. I think it's important because we're leading up to the McGregor card, and of course, we had the changing of hands of the lightweight title or at least, I guess, the picking up of the title, given that Habib put it on the ground to be picked up by someone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I thought uh, the first round went, um, yeah, it went pretty much the way I thought. I thought Chandler was going to get him, going to hit him, and I thought he was going to knock him out, to be honest, and he went, he went very close. <laughs> like, it's just... And I wonder what it's like watching a fight back, knowing how, like you were that close. Because the way you know that fight went very similar to the Hooker fight, the way he you know had him down and was trying to finish him uh, from that big hit. Um, even even the combo that connected. Yeah, like he's just that got that wrestler overhand and that the same and that striking, and he's he's a supreme athlete, Chandler. And I don't think I don't think he's stock lowered at all. I mean, he came that close, like within an inch of being champion himself. Um, and yeah, I just think beautiful, you know, I think Oliveira came out the second and I felt like he, he probably got a read and knew what he wanted to do. And Chandler was over committing with some of his punches and just landed, landed that punch to, to close out the show. Um, you know, he's, his rise has been phenomenal. Oliveira, like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sensational, and, I, and I'm happy for him. You know, it tops off the the campaign to title. I think it would have sucked, to be honest, for Chandler to show up and out of nowhere and and beat him for the belt, yeah. even though that's who I thought. But you know, good on Oliveira, and I think there's no better person to be champion right now, other than Poirier, I'd say. Um, yeah, term, I think Poirier probably deserved it the most. It. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I agree. But, um, and I'm the same, you know, I would have been disappointed. If Chandler had won the fight and earned the belt, you know, on the back of all of his, his entire career, like you couldn't say he didn't deserve it. But just, I just don't, didn't like the idea of him winning against um, Hooker, who was what, like number five, six or seven or something like that. And then getting a title shot and then winning the title in his second fight. Like, I feel like, especially when you've got guys like, Oliveira, who had had something like 26 fights before he got a title shot. So it was, I think it went, it went to the right person at that point in time. And if Oliveira, if Chandler is able to get a little win streak together and get back at the title shot and then win it, then I'd be like, you know what? Now he deserves it. Yeah. I, f- I feel free if Chandler in that situation, though he, you know, he's come from another organization where he was champion and he, you know, at the end of the day, he's high-level competition. He beat Hooker and he's and he's up there. And, you know, you got Poirier who decided to go and fight Connor again. So that left the door open for him. And, and I think, you know, Dana said he lo- he loves Chandler because he loves people that just want to fight and will fight whenever, wherever. And Chandler for the last, since he signed, has been a backup fighter. He's been basically on speed dial and ready to accept Whenever yeah. Dana said, like he's ready to go whenever he's been asked. So, um, in that sense, you know, good on him. He, well, he's not scared of anyone. He came into the UFC, and and it's always hard when you're coming from like a Bellator because if you come in and get 
stomped by Hooker, and then you fight again, like like Ben Askren, right? Now everyone's looking at him with a, you know, microscope because he's he came in, and he had a rough UFC, and then he gets knocked out by a good old Jake Paul, and he can like same thing if he comes in and loses multiple fights in the UFC, people start questioning his whole career. So start discrediting what his achievements yeah. in the past. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, so I, I think, understand what you're saying. Yeah, but yeah, so I, I think, think good I on think, him. I, I really like the way he has carried himself the whole way through the UFC. Like you said, or he's he's been on speed dial. I agree with you there. But also, even in the loss, the way he's carried himself, even before the title fight when he talked about Khabib and things like that, it was very respectful. And um, to your point earlier about you wonder how he feels about watching it back, knowing that he lost, he was an inch away from winning it. Um, he actually did a YouTube video breaking down the fight and he was talking through it as he, as he watched back the fight. I don't know if yeah. you've seen that. Yeah, yeah I saw it, a little bit of it. Yeah, and, and even then, like you could tell he was hurting. It was hard to watch, but at the same time, still very humble about it. No disrespect to Oliveira. You know, um, he understands the moments where he, he he was very close, but, he you know, um, can't really fault him, man. He'll be back. Yeah, man, for, and the thing is, four ounce gloves. Time, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's not it's not like boxing. It's it's there's not much. There's no ten count when you get knocked down. It's 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 a very different sport. So there's definitely no shame. But he's definitely a UFC PR dream. I don't know if you saw the embedded series for that. It was ninety nine point nine percent Michael Chandler. <laughs> yeah, people in the comments were like. Is this the Michael Chandler show? Because and people were just saying like, yeah, PR dream because he's just all all American wrestler, humble, you know, lives fostered lives. A uh, fostered a black kid, you know, like just yeah, like just he's a, he's a, he's literally a great right. stand up guy, and it's not to say that they're using him as a he just is a great example of a of a great human being all around, yeah. right? He's he really is, he, he really is. He's just phenomenal. So good on him. And like we keep saying, like humble, respectful. Yeah, he's he really is. Uh, he's done it yeah. all right, and he's and he's a good guy. Hope he goes well in the future. Um, so the other thing was uh, Ferguson. Let's 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 yeah. not, let's not dwell on this too much because we need to move on. Because um, obviously this card happened a month ago, three weeks ago. But I thought it was worth talking about. So for people to understand, obviously the MMA podcasts. Well, I haven't been very actively doing podcasts lately because I had to move on and I had the surgery and just with all of that, I just wasn't making time for the podcast. And I think our last MMA one was what twenty uh, fourth of March, so it's been it's been a couple of months, man. So we're overdue. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, so, so yeah. With that said, what did you think about the Ferguson stuff? Uh, very happy for Dariush. You know, he's been in there, he's been fighting, he finally got a top-level opponent, and, and he took advantage of it. Tony Ferguson, again, tough as nails. Not sure he has much of a knee left, but, uh, you know, great fight. I think Tony's, I, I just think he's he's lost that aura. I don't think he can, his same style, you know, he's working anymore. But same time, I just, He's losing a few fights. He's older. He's not what he used to be. Yes, but all of a sudden, everyone is now. Oh, he was never that good. He's this. He's that. It's like, shut up. <laughs> he is a phenomenal fighter. He has great jujitsu. He's he's always been good. He's getting old. Yes, he's been hit a lot, but he's always been that guy to step up. He takes the tough fights. 
he did literally what Oliveira did and he never actually truly ended up getting the reward out of it because of the Khabib fallouts and stuff. So to me, the guy, I think there's a lot of people disrespecting him. Um, I do think it shows a little bit that maybe the Khabib fight may, may have been a little bit more one-sided than we thought with the wrestling. But other than that, I think the guy's still a phenomenal fighter. I think he's just maybe past his, he's had his turn now and he's taken a lot of damage and, and it's probably time to look to move on. And I hope he just doesn't become one of these guys that loses like Anderson Silver and stuff, loses yeah, 10 of their last 11 fights. He's too good to become that. I, I, I hope so yeah. too. But look, man, I think with the aging thing, I kind of I agree with you, but I also disagree because I don't think I don't think he's that amazing man. I think he's he's always been unorthodox, and we know that. And I think that with his aging and maybe losing a touch of his his speed or like just those tiny things that slow down, I think it's shown the glaring holes in his fundamentals. And that's it's so it's so evident in his jujitsu. Like his jujitsu is just all tricks, like the Imanari rolls, the darses from the bottom, jumping on darses. But it's it's not solid fundamentals, man. It's like he's just that slippery guy where he latches onto something and if he gets it, he gets it. But it's all one percent type stuff. Like you saw, he got squashed into the mat by um um uh, what's his name Dariush. And like, just his his bottom game was fucking non-existent, man. He looked shit. If if yeah, his, jiu-jitsu, his jujitsu was good, he would have had structures in place and would have looked a hell of a lot better than he did on his back. He looked he looked like he didn't even know what to do. Yeah, I understand that. But at the end of the day, to me, I break it down to this: the sport is about winning, and he won those fights, and that's that's all that matters. You can go on about the fundamentals and all that, but at the end of the day, he became champion. He was supposed to fight Khabib. He was beating everyone in, that was put in front of him. It's a bit the same. You can liken it to Deontay Wilder, right? The guy is not the greatest boxer technical-wise in the world, right? Yes, he got, he got exposed by Fury, but he still won 42. I had a draw, but he went, up to the Tyson Fury fight, he won 40 fights in a row. And their goal is to knock out your opponent and win the fight. And that's what he did. Right, so I still think he he, he still um, has those wins and he still is one of the one of the best lightweights we've ever seen in terms of entertainment and winning fights. That's all, you know, you, you have you to win some, fights. You make some good points. You make some good points. Yeah, like I said, I just, about I just feel like that, 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 that tiny touch of things slowing down has shown the holes in his fundamentals. And that's why you're seeing him lose fights like this and not look good doing it. But you yeah, know, I agree. I take nothing away from the, his successes in the past. He's had a, incredible yeah. achievements. And to your point on the Khabib versus Ferguson fight, you know, and it might not have been as close as we would have thought. I think that Khabib would have just absolutely mauled him. Like, obviously, at the time, I was very interested to see it, but seeing how he's been handled on the ground by Dariush and things like that now, if it was Khabib, he would have just been like, like, like everyone else, man just bashed, controlled, subdued, and then either beaten up or strangled. Like it would have been the same outcome. But, I mean, I say that with hindsight, of course. I'm not pretending like I knew what was going to happen if they did fight. Like I was definitely interested in seeing that at the time. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think, you know, slow down. And, yeah, he's got an unorthodox style that's not relying on, you know, great fundamentals and technique. But, you know, he's just a different style of fighter and, 
I mean, winning as many fights as he has done in the UFC and that run that he went on is is still phenomenal. At the time, everyone, um, yeah, I think there's always recency bias. And I think at the time when that was going on, not many people were saying what they are now because yeah, he was winning. And, that, and that's, I wasn't that's either. Me, I wasn't either. <laughs> exactly. That's all that matters to me is I see the same things we're all seeing now. And I understand yeah. that. And I think deep downsides, we always knew he was unorthodox. It's just now I think that he's losing. I think when you're unorthodox and you're losing, people take, get that microscope out. But when you're unorthodox and you're winning, people are like, wow, this guy's just, you know, he's a zombie. He's, it's like Nate Diaz, right? Mm. You know, so he takes a lot of punishment. But if he fell with these punches that he gets hit with, he, would we look at him the same way? Probably not because he'd have oh. a lot more KOs on his record than he does. It's, it's <laughs> funny. It's, it, it's funny you say that. Well, let's keep moving on to the um, Adesanya card because we're going to talk about Nate, Nate Diaz shortly. And if that's what happens on this weekend, maybe in a couple of weeks we're touching base talking about Diaz. You know, like yeah. that could <laughs> could be that could be the case, right? If Leon Edwards knocks him out or something. But that's the that's the funny thing about MMA, and like you know, we you and me going backwards and forwards. We don't have to always agree on everything. We can obviously, I see your perspective as well, and you see mine. But we yeah. can sit on either sides, man, and argue about it. Like that's that's good too. Uh, but let's go with respect to UFC two six three Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori. So say Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori main event. We've also got on that card. Uh, co-main is my boy Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Marino. My man, yeah, that's a, that's a fight I'm looking forward to. And then, of course, Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. And um, uh, special mention to Chase Hooper, who's fighting on the prelims and is currently being called out by Josh Coolabout. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. We won't talk about him, but because it's on the prelims, we don't have time. I want to see how that fight goes, though, because... I don't know if he wins or loses, whether that gives Josh a better chance of fighting him, but I'm hoping that if Josh gets the fight he wants and, and then it all works out for him. Yeah, it'd be tough for Chase. He just watched his dad get knocked out by Jake Paul. So um, <laughs> I don't know if people know for context the, the running joke of Chase Hooper tried to convince Masvidal that uh, Ben Ashkin was his father. <laughs> um, it's been something going around for a while. So there's a bit of context there if you don't know. Look it up on YouTube. <laughs> if you don't know now, you know. Uh, so yeah. yeah, let's let's break that card down, man. So what have we got? The main. Do you want to start with the main event? I'll start with uh, start with Leon. Work our way up. Do yeah. yeah, you got to work your keep, way up to keep, the keep the keep the people waiting. Yeah, so we're going to break down the main event, the co-main, and then the Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz fight for the people at home. Um, yep. And of course, also Brad Riddell fighting Drew, uh, Drew Dober. We won't break that down, but I would like to know your pick. Uh, I'll go with Dober. I think he's a great fighter. I think he was unluckily came up against uh, good old uh, Makachev, which is a tough one. Um, yeah, that's, that's a very tough one. <laughs> yes, that's a tough one. So there's no shame in that. Uh, I'll look for him to uh, to bounce back there. Okay, well, how, how do you see it going? Like decision, KO, submission? Mm, yeah, let's go TKO. Okay. Why All not? right. Over TKO, okay. Uh, will um, this finishes into existence for this card? It, I, think, I think that fight could be um, 
the fight of the night, Drew Dober versus That's why um, it's there. Brad Riddell, I mean, yeah. And Brad Riddell is one of those guys, like you said, about um, you know having decision wins, but if you're not performing and looking good, um, you might still find your way yourself on the way out of the UFC. Brad Riddell's had three decision wins, but he's had cracker fights. None of them have sucked. They've all been barn burners. So his his stock is hot. Win or lose, he's still he's all good. Um, I think he's going to win the fight, though. I'm going to go Brad Riddell KO or TKO. Yeah. And for for reference, um, I don't know if people will know, but it's actually better to be on the main fight of the prelim card than it is to be first or second on the main card because, number one, those guys on first and second are not getting pay-per-view points. And most people do not – like, your casual fan isn't going to watch those fights, but these the preliminary main card on ESPN, the prelim card, the main fight is free. Like if you have ESPN, so you get a quite a. Dana said this before. You get quite an audience, so that's why that fight is there. For um, sure, for sure. Yeah. There you go, people. So you're going Drew Dober TKO. I'm going to go with uh, Brad Riddell TKO or KO. It's all the same, really. Um, so Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards. Mate, I'm excited about this one. Just before um, we jumped on this, I was watching Embedded. Um, Nate Diaz is, man, he hasn't changed one bit. You know, he bought, he had a mansion that his whole team's staying in. And like, as he was walking down the corridors, he's like making sure everyone in his team had like bedrooms. And I think it sounded like he gave away the master room to Richard Perez, his boxing coach. So he's one of those guys, even with all of his success and all of his money, he's still the same dude. And I respect that. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I, I respect it. How, how do you see the fight going? I think this will be a one-way train and Leon Edwards will convincingly, I don't think it will knock him out, but I just think it'll be similar to probably Masvidal fight the way that went. I think it'll just be a one-way one way train. I think Leon Edwards is uh, just, he's, you know, he's at the top of his game and, and he's, he's almost due, he's definitely almost due for that title shot coming up. So, um you know, the last fight was unfortunate, that eye poke. Um, you know, it was one of the scariest things I've ever watched. But, um, you know, you don't ever want to see, you know, Bilal Muhammad's, you know, thought he lost his eye for a second there. So it was a tough one. But the good thing for him is he was dominating that fight, in my opinion, and he's and he can come back now, short, you know, turn it around and fight one of the biggest names in the sport. If you can't get a title fight, um, you know, I think this is a fight he's earned. Um, to be on a big card against a, a big name. Um, and interesting enough, what we were just talking about with uh, with Ferguson, like if you look at uh, Nate's record, <laughs> there's a lot of red in between a couple of green wins, right? Um, yeah. So it's been like a year and a yeah. half since his last fight, whereas I think Leon Edwards fought is in March, I think, so a few months ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the McGregor win turned, I, I think, really helped Diaz sort of career and money and and just his there's nostalgia around him and who he is in pop culture. Um and the fact that he got he only lost by a decision in the second fight really helps him. Um but yeah I think Leon is just at the top of his game at welterweight especially. Um too many tools and I think you know Nate's gonna probably pay in that survival game but I think the other reality is that Leon's cardio is good and he's just a all-round you know 
And it's solid fight. The other thing is this is five round fight, right? Five. Oh, is it? Is it? Because this fight got moved. Yes, I believe this fight is staying five rounds because it got moved from the main event of um, one of the UFC fight nights, I believe. So it is going to remain. Perfect. Yeah, here you go. Yeah. Um, It goes, uh, so they were supposed to fight uh, earlier, but it goes, however, Nate Diaz pulled out to a minor injury in early May and the bout was postponed to this event. Despite the different date, the pairing will retain its original status, making the first time in UFC history that a non-title bout other than the main event has been scheduled for five rounds. Or, you know, my opinion, it should all be five-round fights. (laughs) <laughs> do your research. You do your research, brother. I didn't know that. I was going to come in here with the talking points about it being a three-round fight, saying basically I think Nate Diaz has better cardio and that um, Leon Edwards also has good cardio as well, but given that it's three rounds, that it, that it wouldn't, shouldn't make much of a difference. But with five rounds, man, why would – I just want to know why Nate Diaz would want to take the fight because on face value – I feel like it def. I agree, man. I think that uh, Leon Edwards is probably on another level and he's like hot. He's more hot, more fresh. Um, you know, he's got a lot more like, you know, he's, he's, he's like fresher in his career, right? Like he can take more damage and things like that. Where Nate, Nate Diaz has taken a lot of damage over the years. And obviously he's still got a good chin and things, but like at a certain point in time, that's not going to help him. I think it's the thing we all love about Diaz and the same thing we loved about Ferguson is they will fight anyone when the mm. opportunity pops up. See, Nate Diaz right now, if he was with us right now, he'd be going, you guys are idiots. I'm going to absolutely maul this guy. And that's his yeah, mentality. Well. He doesn't have – and these guys, it's the difference between why they're at that level and, um, you know, some people aren't, is they have that 100% belief that they can beat whoever they fight you know, if you put, if you told Nate he's fighting Khabib tomorrow, he would tell you I'm going to absolutely KO him. So I think that's just the belief that the Diaz brothers in general have and most UFC fighters. So um, that's probably why he's getting in there without a second thought. He's never yeah. been a guy to look at. He's, he doesn't have that boxing approach of, you know, pick your opponents, fight them, pad your record. And he's always been the guy that he'll fight pretty much anyone which is why mm. he's so popular as well. Yeah, maybe that's what it is, or maybe he's got something up his sleeve. <laughs> I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does think something's going to work. Yeah, look, I'm he's training gonna, hard, that's for sure. Mm, he looks fit. Did you see he like, took his very shirt fit. off by the pool and he looked very fit? Him and his yeah. brother, they look very fit. Yeah, look, man, I, I'm going to um, – I want to will it into existence, so I'm going to pick Nate Diaz, even despite thinking that Leon Edwards probably has a seven or eight out of ten chance of get of winning if they fought ten times. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick Nate Diaz, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to put it out here and put this on the record. I think he may in the last year and a half. I feel like he might have learnt from the likes of. Um, Brian Ortega and the guys who've really improved their wrestling. And I think that he, it probably shown against Masvidal that he just, even though he was getting outstruck, his wrestling was quite weak. And previously, even though his jujitsu is probably his best aspect of his game, he quite often has to strike people to get them to shoot, to get it to the floor because his rest offensive yeah. wrestling is weak. I think he would have leveled that up. And I'm thinking he's going to come in and try and take Leon down. And if he does take him down, I think he can strangle him. 
So I'm going to pick yeah. Nate Diaz by submission just to blow the roof off the entire thing and 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 tee up tee up the McGregor versus Poirier. Um, you know, you know where this is going if McGregor wins and then Poirier, blah 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 blah. Um, the trilogy. Well, I think that would be amazing if uh, if McGregor can somehow pull off beating Poirier and beating Oliveira. Well, who's to say? Who's to say that? Um, oh wait, isn't Diaz, Diaz, Diaz and Edwards would be at one seventy? It's at one seventy, huh? Yeah, they are one seventy though. Diaz yeah, yeah, okay. I was going to say, who's to say that Diaz won't win this and then go down and fight Oliveira, but um, I don't know if he would do that. No. I think if whoever wins out of McGregor, Poye will be fighting Oliveira. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and if McGregor, yeah, that's true. Anyhow, I'm picking Nate Diaz by submission, and you've got uh, Leon Edwards by what? Uh, I will say it'll go probably the five rounds and. I'm just going to say he's basically going to fight a strategic fight and outpoint him because he just needs to, again, get that W um, because, yeah, he's in, he's still waiting for that title shot. And with Colby there again, um, he's going to be waiting a bit more. So he just needs to really get the W and move forward. Yeah. Fair call. Fair call. Um, so moving on, we have Davison Figueroa versus Brandon Marino. What do you, how do you how do you see this one going? Are you, are you excited? Are you looking forward to this one as well, or is it just me? Yeah, yeah, I love this. I love the first fight. Um, I think a lot of people in the first fight probably thought Figueroa was going to just maul him again, maul his next opponent again, like he's been doing. Uh, um, but to to his credit, um, Moreno just came out strong, and I think he put up a bigger fight than people thought. Um, and, and we got the draw, which I thought was a fair result. Um, you're, if people remember, Figueroa was also deducted points for the, that really, really bad groin strike, which I thought they were going to stop the fight. Because Moreno, when, when someone's, and I thought they probably should have, the way he reacted. If people remember, he was not in a good way when he got <laughs> kicked in the groin. So I thought they were going to stop it there, but he got up and they kept fighting. And uh, I thought a draw was fair. This one, I think Moreno this time, I don't know. I just really like the guy. I think I think he'll get it done this time. I think he, he had yeah. a few good opportunities where he really um, wobbled Figueroa, and I just think it'll just be a case of again getting through that first, second, third round, and then that's when he seemed to, you know, he sort of came alive and and you know had that cardio and he looked great. So I think um, I'm going to go Moreno by round late four, early five. TKO. Okay. And you know what? As much as I love um, Davis and Figueredo, I'm going to say the same thing. I think that Marino, I think out of the two of them, <clears throat> he's probably more disciplined in his approach to this. And after that previous title shot, getting so close, um, fighting his heart out as well and his stock rising, I, I, I have a feeling he would have walked away with that with even more motivation and applied himself. This fight is almost six months to the date of the last one, and I just have a feeling that um, he's going to he's gonna knock figure, uh, Figueroa out, TKO him or knock him out or something. Like you said, in the later rounds, of course, if Figueroa gets off to a really cracker of a start, he could overwhelm and knock out Marino. That's probably his path to victory earlier in the first or second. Um if he's to make it happen, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Marino as well. 
though it's <clears throat> I'm a fan of both guys. I'm a massive fan of Figueroa. You know that, but I have a feeling Marino's going to beat him this time. Um, so I'm going to be watching that one. Uh, I don't even know who I'm going to support. Probably, oh, it's going to be tough, man, because I kind of um, Marino's grown on me as well, man. He's just such like this, just a nice guy. Did you see him in embedded showing like he's um, showing like he's uh, cartoon, his Lego and stuff to like UFC embedded. No, I, haven't seen, whole, I haven't seen that one yet. He's got like a whole room full of like Lego and stuff. And he's just like, just this humble dude from like Tijuana, Mexico, you know, talking about his family and he loves the culture and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, how can you not like the guy? Yeah, man, he, he's, he's a likable guy and he, he was an underdog. And he, I just think that the way he fought that last fight, he survived the first early rounds and he got the green kick and he was, he was still in there. So, um, mm. Yeah, and apparently, I know Figueredo said after that fight he was in the hospital the night before with a stomach issue. Um, so that could be a factor. You never know. Like, you know, can he maybe he comes in and blows him out maybe, of the water? Yeah, yeah. I think there's always is going to be that risk that with someone with the power of Figueredo that he he flips him and knocks him out, and we don't get to see what we saw last time. But if Moreno's got the ability to survive again and and Counter Strike. Um, I remember he had good boxing. I remember. He, I remember I was mentioning he had the really good high hands, protected himself. Yeah. Um, beautiful. So if he can do that again, I'm very confident he he can survive. Yeah. Sorry. Um, okay. We want to keep moving on. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I should say that should be the main event. Personally. Nah. I think that's. Nah. Adesanya is no, the star. Adesanya is the star. Though, he's, although, he's the star, but it's not the better fight. Yeah, that's true. Well, with Marvin Vittori, because, yeah. It's not the better there's fight. Probably, there's probably more hype around um, the flyweights fighting for a second time, right, as opposed to Vittori and Adesanya, where it's like the fight is quite toxic. Like the relationship yeah, I, between the two fighters is very toxic. Yeah, I think the I think obviously Adesanya is the biggest name and he's the one that's going to sell the pay-per-views and Moreno and stuff. I think your MMA fans and people that watch the fights and remember it will will tune in for that. But I just they don't have the name that Adesanya has, especially out in this region. Um, mm. I'd imagine they get a lot of pay-per-view buyers and stuff out of this region for, for that card. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense that they're the main event. But as a... MMA fan and UFC fan, I, yeah, the fight I'm most looking forward to is the the co-main for sure. Mm. There you go. Alrighty, so let's let's keep moving on to the main event. Um, let let me know your thoughts on that one. Okay, so yeah, so I think the the Vittori fight, the first one against Adesanya, I just don't think that he's going to be able to change much and, and do anything different in such a short turnaround. I even watched the Kevin Holland fight and I just think I saw a bunch of openings where Adesanya would would be able to finish the fight comfortably. So I, I, if you watch the first early, quite early, probably early first, early second, maybe early third um, for, for the fifth round, I mean for the five-rounder, and the only other thing that could be potentially an issue is if Vittori is able to implement some sort of top-heavy game like uh, Jan did late late in the fight, maybe that's something that, that comes up. But, yeah, as, I'm, as I said, those 
those inside leg kicks, the variety of kicks and attacks and and strikes. Yeah, look, man, I I, I agree. I see, I see it the same way. I think that Adesanya, they've both improved um, for sure. Um, but in that amount of time, I think the improvements, if anything, Adesanya has improved maybe more. Um, and like you said, with the the fight with, um, uh, geez, what's his name? Um, Holland, Kevin Holland. Oh, no, yep. Kevin Holland, yeah. With that fight, you saw Vittoria take him down and control him. But I think the difference between Adesanya and Kevin Holland is Adesanya has better takedown defense. And Adesanya also, with his striking, it's a lot more complex and it's going to be a lot harder for Vittoria to actually get into him. And he's going to met, he's like you said, he's going to be met with more resistance and it's going to be difficult to like really close it, close the distance on him. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be a similar fight to the Paulo Costa one where he just picks him apart from the outside, beats the shit out of him and then ends up finishing him. So yeah. I, I see, um, I just see Israel Adesanya, if they fight, I think he just knocks him out. Um, but yeah, Vittori, I, I'd be, dis, I'd be, I'd be heartbroken to see Vittori if he, if he knocked out Adesanya or something like that, I'd be, I'd be upset to see that happen. I do not want to see Adesanya lose to Vittori. <laughs> no, no. Cause I think what we all want to see is I think that to me, the two best middleweights in the world, uh, um, Adesanya and Whitaker, personally. I know that the, uh, people say, oh, you know, he, he smoked in the first fight, and yeah, but, you know, they had that first fight. He's, Whitaker's had that experience, and he's, he's come back and he's beating everyone still. And the thing I like about Whitaker is he's not begging for that rematch. He's not obsessed. He just, he just doesn't care. Like, and I think that, that throws a lot of people off, and it throws off Adesanya's team as well, in the sense that, when it comes around, he's not. It's not like he's dwelling on it. It's going to affect him. I think it'll be interesting. So that's why I really want Adesanya to get through this. Mm. Um, and I think the the light heavyweight is out of the way now for a bit. He's going to be defending the middleweight title for quite a while now. And the Jones thing's gone. Um, so yeah, I think realistically Australia's opening back up. I think Whitaker and um, Adesanya is next if Adesanya can get through him and I would love to see that in obviously in Sydney I think would be great so um, yeah we've done great on the COVID front so I selfishly want him to get this done and sign a contract to fight Whitaker in Sydney yeah look man, <laughs> so we've had these conversations before and I was sort of edging for it to come to Perth but obviously now that I'm living in Sydney yeah, I'm yeah you changed your mind <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah Sydney sounds good to me brother <laughs> Yeah, well, it'd just be, I think it's just, um, well, to be honest, even even New Zealand, like, it'd be nice for them to get it too as well. Um, you know, Adesanya deserves to fight there, and I know it was on Australian soil before. So, you know, I think just in the, it deserves to be in this region. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I also see them, I can very easily see them doing it in Vegas as well mm. because Vegas has been shut and the McGregor fight's going to be in Vegas, and but they want to... They want to get back to Vegas because they make good money there and they get a lot of a good gate because there's a lot of people in Vegas and they'll pay money to watch fights. So there's a chance it goes there. But, yep, in terms of sticking to this card, I think uh, not looking past Vittori, you know, he's a tough guy. He's, you know, he's won, won several of his last fights, but I just think Adesanya is too good and we've seen it. And I just think they've both improved, but Adesanya's improved so much he's he's – dominating people as a champion. So, yeah, I'll go with 
Adesanya. Yeah, me too. Adesanya, TKO, KO. And of course, as just he's he's shown, if you've listened to any of the content, sort of he wants to close the show this time. He doesn't want there to be any doubt. That's what he keeps saying. So I think he's going to be looking to finish him as well. Yeah, he needs to. I think he needs to adopt the Usman mindset, um, where I really like what Usman's doing. To be honest, with the he's still annoying me a bit sometimes at press conference and stuff, but I think he's great now because he's pulling it off. The, the attitude he's having is about he's lapping people. Mm. <laughs> he's going back around the division, <laughs> and I, I just really love that. I think it's just it's great, and I think Adesanya should be focusing on doing that, lapping the division, and then going up to trying to do the light heavyweight again because then he can. You can drop the title and just focus on I'm going to go to light heavyweight, get bigger or whatever because um, he's been there, done it all, and the UFC will support him in that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think if he can adopt that same approach and, and lap the, the division, um, Ooh, it'd be great. It, I mean, you're already talking. That's a good point, though, because he's about to fight Vittori for the title, which is their second fight. If he wins that, you're looking at probably Whitaker, which is their second fight. So that's yep. already lapping two people. And just looking at the rankings now, you know, after that, you've got Paulo Costa, who's at two, but he's got to win a few more fights. Derek Brunson's at five, and he's coming. He's on a rise again as well. So potentially, if he wins another fight or two, he might get another title shot, and that's another person he could lap. Um, Darren Till is the one that I think is the one that we want to see. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Till has to get in there, um, but if they like each other um, and they want to fight each, and they definitely want to fight each other. You know, I think we, uh, Adesanya wants to fight Till a lot. Um, he's saying he's next in line if he wins his next fight, even though Whitaker beat him and is beating everyone, whereas Till is on a bit of a shaky last few fights, but I think that's the one as well that, that people people want to see. Yeah, Till, Till, Till's awkward, man, because the fight, even the fights he's lost, like that Whitaker fight was very, very close. Yeah, and, yeah. And so Till's, Till's, I reckon he's like really at the cusp of that level, but the thing that he has going for him is that the fans really like him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, he's got that going for him. I think the... And I don't think you can't really the Woodley fight, the, the two fights that he lost of of no, obviously is the Woodley one for the championship. But you know he worked up to a championship. You're number one in the world, well, number two in the world. Obviously, champion's the best. But so you're number two welterweight in the world. He cut a lot of weight to make that. Um, and yeah, he lost to Woodley, and Woodley was doing really good then. And then he rebounded from that and fought. Obviously, Masvidal, and it's tough sometimes after you take a loss for the championship, and he got clipped a- a- in London and and lost, and then he came back and beat Gastelum in his you know in his return to to middleweight. So, and then a really close fight against Whitaker, who was who was a champion. So I don't think his record um, is indicative of how good of a fighter he is across his last four four fights. I think he's just fighting world level. Um, opponents and and I think that Masvidal fight was probably a realization he should go up in weight and and fight, you and, know. And I mean, he almost, less of a cut. he almost knocked Masvidal out as well. Like he was, yeah. he was very close to closing that closing the show in that in that fight. Exactly. So circling back around, I think there's plenty of the fact we're talking about them is there's plenty of good good opponents still in the middleweight division and you know good fights there that he can lap back around and. And do number two against so and in a fresh one in Darren Till. So 
Yep, if Adesanya gets this done the way we think he will, I think he'll fight, you know, a Whitaker next and then potentially, a, you know, see where that goes. Um, mm. But, yeah, still exciting go. stuff at middleweight with Adesanya for sure. Yeah. And so let's 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 keep moving on. Um, let's touch on the McGregor-Poirier card. Look, I don't really want to break that down. It's just noteworthy because it's the next pay-per-view and we will do one of these face-to-face and break that down. Yeah. Um, maybe... Maybe we can have one or two of the other boys with us if you want to do that one because that'll be an exciting one. Just have a few of us yeah, together. Yeah, I think I think we yeah we can make make that uh, a special one for the big cards. Um, yeah, that'd be fun, man. Definitely get some other. I think we good to get some other opinions. Um, so so yeah, it'll be uh you know the, the, I think the thing we can touch on here without breaking it down is you know adding fights to it with the Gilbert Burns and Stephen Thompson, fantastic fight. Yeah, you know, Taito Avasa is on there, which is big for big for us. He's he's entertaining. Co-main event. Co-main event. He's on there against good old uh, Greg Hardy, everyone's favorite person. It's the perfect fight, man, because because um, Greg Hardy's got shit wrestling, right? So he's probably going to want to strike. Taito Ivasa is going to want to strike. So it's probably going to be a standing fight. And the thing that... Tui Vass has got going for him is that people like him, people hate Greg Hardy. So I think even the casual fans are going to support Tui Vass. So he's going to have a lot of support. And if he can come out on the co-main event of a Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier card and get like a viral knockout or just dominate Hardy, uh, he is going to shoot into the stratosphere. Even, even not even maybe as like a, you know, uh, number one contender in the heavyweight division, but just as a fighter that people tune in because they want to watch. Yeah, man, exactly. I think uh, heavyweights as well, man, you can, you can go down a lot and lose a lot of fights and, you know, you'll maintain because they're just big boys. People love to watch them. Um, but of a note as well, uh, um, Mikel Pereira is on this fight, on this card. He's the guy. It does all the crazy handstands. He versus Diego Sanchez in the weirdest fight in the history of planet Earth where they were doing <laughs> cartwheels and it was a crazy fight. And obviously he lost that because of the illegal knee where Sanchez stayed, sat down, said he couldn't fight. Took anymore. the L. Um, took the L and took the win, the win bonus. <laughs> Sorry, took the yeah, double, took he, the win bonus. With old mate Joshua Fabia. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah he, he's an entertaining guy, so – I think they've done well with this card because traditionally, as we discussed last time, McGregor cards, um, you know, there's not much fat on the cards other than the, the main event, maybe the co-main because because he does take most of the, the earnings. Um, but of note as well, I think we can there's, there's fans and it's in Las Vegas, which I think is great because that's what we want with a McGregor card. And obviously, he's had a rough patch. Hopefully, he, Hopefully, we get... You know, a prime McGregor, prime Poirier, and we we get a really, really high level fight. Um, fight here, it's one one. So, yeah, hopefully we can we can get. That. I can't believe it's a month away. It's crazy. Oh, man. I know. I know. Um, I'm I'm, I'm going to be excited oh, for it when it comes. And the other thing is, um, if people have noticed, he's actually um, so like the last few fight camps, it's he uh, he obviously. People have heard about that thing around, you know, it's hard to wake up in silk pajamas and all that. He's actually going back to the old days where 
He doesn't have his kids with him. He doesn't have his wife with him. None of the coaches have their partners. They're, they're all going by themselves. So it's only the fight camp that's in, it's there in California right now. There is no one else around. It is, they've gone back to the, the old days. Um, so, you know, and maybe he's recognized that there's too many, too many distractions around, you know, having little kids and, and stuff. And, you know, he wants to get back to that, what made him, what made him a champion. And, We'll see if it if it pays off. Um, the thing I've always liked about him, in terms of yeah, what he does, he's he's not afraid to risk it all because this is a risk. If he loses again, um, same against the Diaz too. That could have put a big big pause in his rise. So without breaking it down too much further, I just think that's that's more news around what's coming up. Um, that's coming out of coming out of the camps that. You know, different approach, and we'll, we'll, doesn't necessarily mean we're going. He's going to walk in and and win, win but, but but yeah, no, it's no, it's noteworthy, it, and I appreciate that. Ratwani, this is this is what you're on the podcast for, brother. You know, you, when when it comes to the news, you've you've got it all. You've got it all locked in, and you know what's going on. So, hey, Hawani's leaving ESPN. I know. I was going to say. I was going to say. Speaking of MMA news, they've, they've offered me the job, mate. <laughs> oh, yes, they should. I, I'm, it's it's going to be DC and Ratwani. So I, I'll still do this podcast with you, but yeah, I appreciate I'll be on that. DC Ratwani. I pre- appreciate that. But look, to to be fair, to be fair, look. I saw I, re- I listened to Ariel's spiel about you know didn't decide to renew the contract wanted to look at other options and I just sat there and thought to myself that's a load of shit. Really, what's happened is his contract's expiring and they've chosen Ratwani over Helwani. Yeah. That's what that's <laughs> that's what's happened. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think what he's realised is he he uh, he can go and start his own podcast because that's all he is now. He's just doing content. He's not going to the fights anymore. Like he used to, so he's just going to start his own podcast. Is that he's so? You don't think he's actually there. signed with anyone? Do you think he's just creating no, his he, own thing? The only other thing I can think of is they may be going back to MMA fighting, and he's got an ownership stake or something. Right. Um, because I did see some of the other guys that used to be there. Um, what his name is? Sean Al Shati or some Shati. Uh, he's gone back, so there's a potential that they may be going back there. But I think he's going to do his own thing because he said he's explored options. And I think if you look at someone like Brendan Shaw, sometimes he talks some rubbish, but he makes a lot of money because these podcasts, he's, he's, a, he's, he's much more of a, you've got your Brett Okamoto who are factual, very traditional media. And then you've got someone like Huwani who will piss off fighters and say his opinion and what he thinks. Um, same as Shaw. So um, I think he'll start his own, probably start his own thing and, and just start taking all the the earnings for himself. Yeah, fair enough. I, and I and I hope that he keeps the DC Helwani show going. Like I hope. No, nah, it's, it's done. So they're not going. I to listened to together? it today. No, because uh, DC's employed by ESPN and the UFC, and I think that's the other reason why Ariel's leaving potentially is because he can't really get too involved because Dana doesn't like him. Mm. So. Uh, with the ESPN stuff. So he's a little bit protected with ESPN, but I think you'll find if he goes out into the, the free market for himself, he's probably all out of ESPN. He'll probably be able to, you know, do what he wants. Um, well, to be so fair, we'll man, what, whatever he does, I'll be listening. I, I listen to um, all of his shows pretty much. Um, sometimes when he does the ones where he just has, you know, three fighter interviews, if I'm not interested in the fighter, I won't listen. But generally speaking, I listen to his podcasts. Though, yeah, never, never been into the what's the shale one called? Um, 
the Shale. Yeah, the bad guy. Yeah, I, I, I've just never listened to that one, man. I don't know why. Oh, I love it. It's good. It's good. Because they're both, they're, both, uh, they're both known shitsters, right? Yeah. For lack of a better term. Like, they, they both stir. Like, Ariel asks questions that, you know, piss Dana and you, you can look him up, pissing fighters off. Yeah, and Chael's yeah. the same. He, he toys and has hot takes and stuff. So that's what you have to do to be, you know, the big media journalist. You have yeah. to ask the questions people want the answers to. Yeah, look, I only bring this to you because <laughs> I listened to, um, I said I don't listen to the, the uh, Ariel and the bad guy, but I listened to obviously Ariel's show separately and I listened to Shale Sonnen's um, YouTube channel quite a bit. And I, and I like how he's got all those, you know, how he's got the gimmicks where he says the same things, like his talk track is quite, um, his vocabulary is quite consistent in the way that he brings things up and talks about things. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you, and then if you read the comments, people like take the piss out of him for it. And it's just, it's just gold. It's gold. Kale has one of the best YouTube channels. I, mean, I love it. Like he breaks things down that are like so obvious and yeah. he talks about them like, He's in the know, and <laughs> but it's just entertaining. <laughs> but, but he'll talk about like one subject for fifteen minutes, and it's just it's himself sitting on a fucking seat. Like this, these podcasts I do, I I've, the only one I've ever put out by myself was the introduction, which was like two minutes before the first episode. Yeah, and the only reason I even did that was because in order to set up the um the you know the feeds like the um the rss feeds for spotify and things like that i needed to have an episode live so i was like oh well i'll just do an introduction and then i'll set them up and then when i'm ready to drop the first pod that's what that's how i'll do it so i i I couldn't i couldn't imagine sitting there by myself talking for 15 minutes i mean hey some 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 people have the gift i I don't think that i do that's not my jam i'd rather talk backwards and forwards with people that i see i enjoy that a lot more yeah, yeah, he he, uh, yeah, he has that that ability for sure. Yeah. So, what what else have you got in MMA news, mate? I mean, of course, we've uh, got the Floyd Mayweather versus L- Logan Paul fight. Um, outside of that, though, we we can touch on that. But uh, what, anything else you want to bring up? I think there's 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 not um that much that's crazy new. I think most people know the big fights coming out. I think I think it's all related actually to the the Jake Paul. Logan Paul situation actually you'll notice because Costa pulled out of the fight um, that he had scheduled he said he never signed it and that he wants he wants more money um, and I think Logan Paul and this Floyd Mayweather fight you know he got 20 million um, so there's a lot of people asking questions about you know to Dana and the UFC and Jake Paul and stuff are calling him out and, and people are jumping on that bandwagon um, calling them out for the the pay so it's going to actually be an interesting an interesting thing to over the next few months to see what happens what happens with it um and, and yeah it could all end with tyron knocking jack paul out and then the hype train stopped a little bit but you know i thought the event in terms of logan paul and mayweather i don't see why people have a problem with it it's just entertainment really it was just mm. the spectacle that people saw i and I just think Floyd's was toying, having fun. And I think towards the end, he wanted to knock him out. But, you know, Logan's just a big guy that, and as he said, was just hugging him. So it made it a bit a bit tougher, I think. But all in all, it was just entertaining, bit of entertainment, bit of fun. Multiple people watched it. Yeah. yeah. 
and the um, Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley fight is not until the end of August. So I'm sure there will be a pay-per-view event um, on in the lead up to that, which at that point in time, we'll be able to have a chat about that in more detail as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, that, that's just something I think I've noticed popping up. A lot of USC fighters are starting to say, you know, what what is uh what's going on here uh, with the with the pay because mm. you see Logan Paul earning twenty million dollars, um I think yeah there's a lot of people asking asking some but at the same time it's like Logan Paul is a massive massive name globally like entertainment wise so like some of these Costa is not mm. so yeah, at the same well, time I see the other side I think these kinds of conversations might lead us back to the um, the idea of having the fighter. Um, uh, what do you call it? The fighter uh, union. The fighter unions, yeah. So that that might be something that becomes another hot topic again in the next, you know, few yeah. months or whatever. See how I it just goes. think it'd be nice to see the, some of the financials, maybe, and then it will make more sense that you know, if if a certain cards only bringing in X amount, it does take a lot to run the UFC, so they can't be handing out. You know, they can't be given someone on the start of the prelims. Five million dollars, maybe, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But look, there's no questions about it. There's definitely room for the fighter pay and the, even the you know first fighters. You know, instead of getting twelve and twelve, there's room for it yeah, to be more no, than that, man, for sure. Should be more than that, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's always a talking point when things like this happen. And again, it'll probably simmer away. And then when Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul fight and their earnings come out, it's probably going to make it heat up even more. Yeah, and I think the the biggest example for this one will be the Jones Ngannou fight because Jones wants ten mil plus, and Dana said that's ridiculous. So, and that is actually a big fight with big names. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. All right, man. What do you reckon? Let's call it a night. Wrap the podcast up, and that's that's ep- yep. episode forty five in the books. Um, Aaron, it's good to be back, my friend, and thank you everybody else for tuning in. And um, going to do a podcast with John soon and Matt soon. So two of the coaches from higher, um, I'm going to, I'm going to do a few people at higher jujitsu, get to get them on the podcast because I can do face to face. Once I've done a few of those, I'll check back in with some people in Perth. Um, hope to have Jack Daller on the podcast again before his um, Dana White contender series fight. That'd be good. Um, um, again, Josh Coolabow, we'll have a chat soon and we'll be able to do that face to face. I'm going to go to Igor MMA and have a role with him as well. Um, and once I've sort of good done luck. a few a few of the good luck, yeah, no shit. Once I've done a few, of, oh, we'll have fun, man. Uh, once I've done a few of those things, I'll uh, maybe maybe reach out to some people in Sydney from gyms who people I don't know and start like you know getting it out here as well around the local local gyms as well and get some more exposure to the podcast and introduce more people to I guess jujitsu scene throughout the rest of the East Coast as well as the West Coast. So that's, that's, good, man. that's the plan anyway. So if you've tuned in this far, you, you, you probably know what the plan is. If you've left the conversation, then you're not going to know and you'll find out when it happens. <laughs> All right, brother. Cheers. Cheers, Aaron. Good to, good to chat to you again, mate.